Iconic Fosters makes a comeback. Um, Fosters spokesperson, Matt Kierkegaard. <laughs> said, um, you, do you want to take this story, Matt? Because um, well, you're, you're all across it. Oh, my God. It was one of those ones. That it, He's a celebrity. Every it, it media was, outlet seriously must have rung CB and go, uh, just call Matt. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner if you're a brewer, and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, the weekly wrap-up of all things newsy in the beer world. I'm Pete Mitchum. I'm your host. And uh, joining me from uh, Brisbane, good afternoon, Matt Kierkegaard. Still morning here, mate. That extra hour. You know, we've got an extra, you know, our curtains are fading as I speak. Curse this time thing. And Claire, <laughs> the boom in the room, Burnett. G'day, Claire. Hey, <laughs> Pete. I'll just stick with Claire instead uh, g'days instead of, you know, g'day, Claire, and g'day, Matt, instead of mornings and afternoons. Because it is, it's, 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 we've thrown a little bit. Um, should we actually start off with a bit of breaking news uh, as to what's happening and why we're doing this a bit later than we normally do, Matt? Well, there's a couple of reasons, actually. Um, and speaking of breaking news, I've, I've recorded, the, the, this morning I recorded next week's Beer is a Conversation, which is very interesting. Well, uh, I, I won't, can you I won't, tease it out? No, I won't. I won't say who it is, but... but worth listening to, and next next Tuesday that will um, that will be published? Always it will be published uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday so, night. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, certainly, the, the, the conversation itself was worth listening to. Um, but then, yeah, oh, some of the so. interesting, some of the interesting announcements, pre-announcements, or um, you heard it here first type things. Um, we need we- some revelation music or some breaking news. Music. <laughs> <laughs> if this is going to be a, yeah, a regular thing, well, it seems to be. Yeah, like it's. Um, it, so it was, it was very nice to to be trusted with being told this story because I haven't seen it um, sort of announced anywhere else. So yeah. And, and, and also, a bit of a surprise, given some of the recent stories that we've done. Oh, stop. Oh, I can't, I can't be doing with this. This is too much. Anyway, let's get on with, let's get on with the news that we can talk about. That's it. Well, sorry, sorry. Well, the other breaking news um, uh, today that we was can talk that about. we can talk about is, so I went from there. Oh, God, I had, oh God talk about going down the rabbit warren. We went um, the, the other news that I can uh, talk about was I then went to the launch, uh, you know, the, the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards, aka the, you know, the Queensland Beer Awards that, you know, Pete, you are heavily involved in and I'm sort of, you know, a, uh, a little bit on the side of um, through my involvement with the exhibition. But they announced a major strategic partnership this uh, year with the... Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. We, we announced um, only two podcasts back that um, they'd lost the... The major sponsor with uh, Secwater not being able to, with COVID and everything, not being able to participate this year, but hopefully to come back. But is this um, this is so? Yeah, we've got a replacement. A rolling stone gathers no moss, um, as they say, and so they've been hard at work. And uh, look, it, media releases are a dime a dozen for a lot of things. Um, as you know, like you, you sort of get a little bit bored. This was one not just because of my involvement in the awards that is actually very very exciting um, for. For brewers um, and the 2021 uh, Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show um, will has two new awards. One is the, and I'll just get the wording right, the Best New Queensland Craft Brewer um, Award, um, and that goes to it's recognising. I won't say young brewers because it's not young brewers, but brewers with who have been in the industry 
in the capacity as a brewer for under three years. Um, but you know they, they they can be any age, and we are seeing a lot of um, you know commercial brewers uh, entering uh, at at a mature age. But the the the, the brewer can. Uh, it will be nominated by their employer, um, and the winner not only gets the kudos of being the champions and the best new craft brewer, but that brewery's beers are going to be given a 12-month um, placement on the taps of the Treasury Brisbane, you know, the um, casino um, venture. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say, you know, the government, as in you know, the Treasury, you know, bar. And uh, right, no, 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 the, 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 the Treasury what's, Casino. What's second prize? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. One of those public servants drink a bit. Um, the old, no, but these venues include the Livewire 24-7 Sports Bar, Fat Noodle, Mayway Dumplings and Treasury Brisbane's newest Will & Flow uh, overwater bar located along the Brisbane River. Um, so that is actually a really – when you look at – a lot of these ag show, you know, the the old what were once the ag show competitions um, around, you know, whether it's coffee and chocolate and ice cream, it's all designed um, as an in, you know to support industry, which is what those associations are. But you know, there are so many competitions that winning a trophy doesn't necessarily give a brewery the industrial, you know, the, the commercial support that they would hope and so this is the sort of thing that not only uh, it is a great reward and recognition for talented uh, brewers but it's also a way for the business to have a very important uh, route to market you know with uh, as we've talked about for a whole host of reasons such as tap contracts and things like that breweries find it very very hard to find um, commercial outlets for their beer and to have one of the biggest entertainment venues in the uh, state give over in multiple of its bars is is a, is a you know like a, um, it, it, fantastic so uh, I, I, I mean, the thing that strikes that. me Matt about uh, the the beauty of this is that um, there's such a diverse like it's it's not just you know a, a restaurant hidden down there back you know the dark end near the toilet door sort of thing it's mm-hmm. like there's you've got you, was there a sports bar you said there? Livewire. Uh, Livewire, 24-7 sports bar. Um, yeah, and all of their... And then um, restaurants and... Yeah, restaurants and yeah. stuff like that. That's pretty impressive. Like Because presumably some something as large as the casino is going to have some sorts of, um, if not contracts, then certainly some business arrangements in place um, that would, I would imagine, restrict. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, uh, well, yeah, look, I, so I, I, I don't know. Be able to open up. Even if it's, it's going to open up those mm-hmm. um, venues, and 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 again, this is what we talk about all the time. You you vote with your with your wallet, and yep. so if people are going in there and going, oh, I heard about the you know Queensland Beer Awards, saw it on the telly or whatever, um, and if this becomes a good seller for them, exactly, there you go, and it's exposing the brands, like all of that sort of stuff. So it's a, like it's a really really exciting partnership. But, um, but so this isn't this isn't the champion. Beer. This no, is- there is also a champion beer. This is the yeah, so so that's the thing. So it's it's always a challenge in a, in a beer awards that people go, oh yeah, what we'll do is we'll get the champion beer and we'll find somewhere to sort of put it on. But if your champion beer is like an well, oak aged early bock, dark brown rough beer, yeah, absolute absolute cracker, magnificent, <laughs> beautiful uh, representation of the style. It's but not going to be probably, a big commercial seller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this well, is one... As, as proven by the fact that, remember when we, we tried to put it on um, at the uh, the winning pavilion, yeah. um, <laughs> at the air we couldn't get any. 
Well, that, well, yeah, that, that was a little bit uh, different, but it was champion beer. But th- this is a case that when it's if, if it's on at a sports bar, for example, you know, like a barrel aged stout isn't going to pull through. It's not <laughs> yeah, going to be a yeah. great showcase for the for the brewery. Mm. It's not going to be a great commercial partnership between the two. But, but, but the brewery, in presumably in conjunction with the brewer, will uh, work out beers. There, there may be rotating styles. It may not just be one. You know, yeah, it, but you could have an amber ale during winter and those three days in Brisbane when it's. Cool and um, <laughs> a, a nice summer ale in the in the warmer months or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so I was down at that. So very, very exciting. Um, link in the show notes. Uh, it's. I guess well, we're a national podcast, so it, it, it is the best Queensland new craft brewer. So it's you know it's a little bit parochial, which is good supporting the local industry. Um, but that said, hopefully this will be a model for you know other. Um, state-based and we've just recently celebrated the South Australian Awards and as we've highlighted in the past you know other states have done the same thing so you know hopefully this idea will cross-pollinate and it can become something that uh, you know we, we see running nationally. Yeah no excellent that's that's really good news. Congratulations to the RNA. Yeah and on a very similar note uh, our first story Capital and Bentspoke bag cricket ground beer rights. In a historic first for Australia, the beer rights for Canberra's, now it's now the Canberrans, pronounce it Manuka. Yep. It is, it's a Maori, Maori word, so it's Manuka. Uh, oval. <laughs> oh, I already, I always heard Manuka, like the hunting. It is. It's basically the Maori word for the t- what, we, what we call the, the tea tree. Oh, so okay. Kind of All right, interesting. Marky. Yeah, and Manuka honey comes from bees that specifically uh, pollinate um, or take blossom from the um, the manuka. Pete, I love your knowledge. So wide-ranging. He's got to have oh. some endearing <laughs> quality, doesn't he? It does me, it does me best. So in a historic first for Australia, the beer rights for Canberra's Manuka Oval cricket ground will be split between three suppliers, Bentspoke Brewing, Capital Brewing and Multinational Lion. Uh, Ms Tara Shane. MLA, who's the Assistant Minister for Economic Development, said this is a major milestone for our local brewers and a reflection of the ACT government's commitment to encouraging Canberrans to choose local. We hope that this is just the beginning of the ACT government's increased partnership with our local breweries and look forward to continuing a to provide positive experiences for punters going to the cricket. Her words, not ours. <laughs> we would never say punters. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't uh, italicise it and underline it for me. And, and <laughs> or or put you know, the in brackets sick. Brackets yeah. sick, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I didn't I, want to confuse this is, you all. This is terrific. Yeah, I, isn't it amazing? And this was really interesting because I spoke to Dan Waters at Capital, a lovely chap, um, when it came out. And I was like, I don't understand this. Like, in I, I don't know whether it didn't know whether it was different over here. But in the UK, like, if Leeds United, for example, the local team, if they uh, brought in a beer sponsor, they got to choose that. They didn't have any, the government, no local government, no um, like national government had any say in that whatsoever. Um, so I think it's been quite an interesting uh negotiation in the background as to how the ACT government got involved in being able to uh Well, they, they own the grounds, wouldn't they? Because like, yeah. they yeah. how, trust, of, yeah. how often Monica, do they Monica's really... Monica will be similar to the SCG or the MCG or the WACA where it's uh, it, it's technically public land that is managed by, you know, a committee of management, whether it be the MCC or, you know, the, the, the Sydney Cricket Ground Trust or something like that. So um, 
because I know there's there's difficult things too when you've got a major sponsor, say for example, during the rugby league season or the AFL season, it's difficult um, for you to have uh, your own sponsor at the ground if it conflicts with. So, for example, you couldn't have. I think Toyota has been a major sponsor of the AFL. Mm-hmm. If you were sponsored by someone else, I think it's you've you've got to kind of work around other commercial arrangements. I think. Right, okay. It's really, it's just an interesting and strange arrangement that, and I wouldn't have thought, but either way, great that the for the ACT government that they're getting involved, putting lots of other state governments to shame. And look, you know, it, 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 it's great to see that they're using this to support local businesses. And, you know, as, as we've discussed recently, you know, TAP contracts are a very vexed, vexed issue for a whole lot of reasons. And, you know, th- these are very expensive facilities um, that the government has to maintain and they, you know, lease the rights out and you know, beer tap contracts you know have benefits to to the operators and stuff like that but at the end of the day this is a chance for people to go and be exposed to their local craft breweries um, and you can certainly make a fairly strong argument for that being something that government-owned facilities should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what I immediately thought of when I first saw it was, you know, the US baseball teams and stuff that they have, they across the across America they have the local brewery and it adds to that atmosphere and that feeling of them being local and all that parochial territorial love of your team and all that the kind of stuff. The first time I ever had yeah. um, Fat Tire Amber Ale from New Belgium mm. was at a baseball game <laughs> at Coors Stadium. You know, so, oh wow! So, which <laughs> says something crazy. about you know how well they do it over there. Mm-hmm. That you know, you've, like if if you had Forex Stadium here, mm-hmm. um, or you know Foster's Stadium, that's all you'd get. Foster's yeah. Stadium. <laughs> don't don't dangle that, Matt. Don't um, that. Oh, I've got Foster's <laughs> on my mind uh, this week. Um, but yeah, if you had uh, if you had that sort of stadium deal here, you wouldn't get anything outside of that brand because they use it as a way to you know essentially open your mouth, put a, um, a funnel in and pour that brand down your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brand in hand, I think, is the uh, terminology they use, Matt. I, I think I, I think funnel down the throat is Rather than <laughs> the maker's product. Much more accurate at the very least. Uh, but the interesting thing with this one too is that unlike other arrangements where you walk up to a bar and there's a selection of, um, and I'll use my local is, is obviously uh, Amy stadium here at um, uh, the home of Melbourne Storm and you walk up there and there's Fat Yak, Lazy Yak, uh, Great Northern and, uh, you know, a, a, there'll be a, a Carlton Mid or something like that. Um, and so, and that's that's the extent of your choice. This, one's dif- this one differs in that there'll be a bar that is the capital brew bar or whatever it is. And I think uh, Ben spoke, I saw, is it, is it called the Long On, the Long On Bar? So yeah, like you can make a physical choice to walk down to, you know, which, whether it's the one that's closest to you or whatever. But if you don't want to try, you know, the multinational product, presumably you can just, you know, walk around to the next bar. So it'll be interesting to see, particularly when there's, you know, if there's big queues, everyone queuing up for a 4X and people go, oh, I'm not standing in that queue. Oh, there's an empty one over here. And then they discover Barley Griffin yeah. or, you know. Yeah, next- think of the audience this opens up. To capital investment, and look, you know, this has nothing to do with good business practice. But you know, like as 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 a, as a beer drinker, you know, as a, as a beer lover, 
you know, when, when you sort of see a um, craft brewery prize the sponsorship rights for something from one of the, the, the traditional big brands, um, there, there's always that little part of you that sort of thinks, well, mm. but does that, you know, y- yes, it's not the big brands, but, you know, being locked to one provider still has that little bit of disappointment. So it, it, it is really nice that, you know, um, Canberra's two biggest uh, breweries both get a crack. And so, yeah, you, and, and it keeps the competition going. Yep, exactly. Now, keen listeners who have been uh, listening to any kind of mainstream media over the last two or three days <laughs> would have heard a familiar voice over and over and <laughs> over again. Over again. Um, iconic Fosters makes a comeback. Um, Fosters spokesperson, Matt Kierkegaard, <laughs> said, um, you, do you want to take this story, Matt? Because um, well, you're, you're all across it. Oh, my God. It was one of those ones. That it, He's a celebrity. Every it, it media was, outlet seriously must have rung CUB and go, uh, just call Matt. Just call this number. <laughs> just quietly tune into a current affair tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's on it again. He's on it again. It's, uh, look, and I don't know why that is. I think, you know, we've covered, you know, the, the Melbourne Bitter, um, where we covered the, the Dunlop Follies that got a lot of. Um, Traction. Um, did you see how the shoes? Oh God! <laughs> I was waiting for it. <sighs> He's doing my material now, Claire. I oh, know. Anyway, but no, it got a lot of traction, and you know, so when Foster's lobbed in, there was a little bit. Well, of course they're going <laughs> to volley. Oh, oh stop <laughs> that it! One, that one wasn't even intended. It's just that just comes naturally. Yeah. Doesn't it? Um, yeah. But when uh, it. it Lobbed in my inbox uh, on the weekend. I sort of thought, well, look, you know, no real surprise. You know, they're giving it a bit of a, a push. But the big surprise is, you know, we, we published as we had because it, it does say a lot about the beer market that these sorts of things are starting to appear and that they're putting a big um, emphasis on it. But this one has just taken off. And because, I think because we covered it and then um, when the announcement was made, use of Google Fosters mm-hmm. and Bruce News came up. So, yeah, yeah. I've been... Yeah, and, we were and one of the first, weren't we? And then uh, the, the Guardian article that the guys in the... The face- Guardian uh, article ref- referenced an old article group. from James Atkinson. Yeah, yeah. And suspiciously, the format and all the other details we had in that <laughs> article. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you, Guardian. appreciate that. But look, <laughs> and, you know, and just, again, just I know it's not about us, but one of the things that I always think about when we get these stories, and I think they're not on some level, um, readers go, why are they covering this? But the big part of what I think we do on Brews News is we are, you know, in media terms, a publication of record. You know, over time we have built this database of stories that chart the progression of some of these brands. So, you know, when Foster's last, you know, tried to push it out was in 2015 and James um, Atkinson wrote some really good stories about it, you know, looking at they were trying to resurrect the brand. Um, the previous time before that was 2000 because we had the world coming to Sydney for the Olympics and <laughs> expecting to drink Fosters and there just wasn't any Fosters on tap. So they thought, well, we'd better push some uh, <laughs> Fosters out there, you know, get get that funnel. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so it, it, it's really caught the imagination. So consequently... Um, yeah, I've ended up becoming Foster's spokesperson. How <laughs> the, ironic the cynic is that? Ma- the, That's amazing. The cynic, Matt, might suggest that um, uh, CB are more comfortable with you uh, telling the history than um, leaving it up to them. Well, it'd be more accurate, <laughs> I imagine. Well, I'd, I'd, I, mean, I'd, I don't know about that. But actually, I'd, I will um, – when 
once upon a time, there was a time when CUB would have made all sorts of, you know, things that they'd heard from some bloke who told them down the pub that, you know... CUB, you know, that Foster's Oh, the was... delivery driver. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah well, the, that that sure was that was your furphy. That was your conduit for, for all stories, you know, tall and true. And, <laughs> and it would have been accepted as fact. Um, they have a very sober approach to their own history these days. So, uh, you know, again, I don't know whether you know, <laughs> Bruce News can take any credit for that um, because we've held them to account in the past. But uh, anyway, it, it, it was quite interesting to see and uh, yeah, quite ironic that I ended up being the person... Um, who was sort of the unofficial <laughs> spokesman for Fosters this week? I tell you what, I was embarrassed about that Fosters is the second <laughs> most drunk. You should be ashamed of yourself. But you are an Australian, so, so uh, I am. Yes, yeah, so I can adopt that part of my nationality. But that was a shocker to me. I did not realise when I came across that um, set those sales figures um, that Foster was so ubiquitous in the UK and yeah sorry about that guys <laughs> we but, still and, think it's and, and there's been brewed over there since the uh, early 80s yeah early in 80s. Manchester yeah so John <laughs> Elliot really, when, when John Elliot was um, was was the head of CUB um, he was the one who really realized okay you know, it's a numbers game we we physically can't get more people to, to drink more beer so we need to send out you know we need, but we can make more beer so we need to work out how do we get it you know outwards and, and onwards and linking up with Paul Hogan doing the uh, the the ads for it um, and the and creating that sort of the story around oh you know it's so authentic you know we even had um, and I think it was a story of you know like a, a handcuffed briefcase um handcuffed handcuffed to to the brewer who was sent over on the <laughs> on the jumbo jet and landed at Heathrow and that contained the um the original strain of the of the yeast that you know oh. William and Ralph Foster but again I, I think that's part of what killed it here is because as much as uh, Australians loved Paul Hogan they didn't you know, it was the caricature of the Australian that they didn't actually want to identify with themselves. Yeah, and so it was it, toeing the line of taking the piss. That's what yeah, I thought. but it resonated. Well, with well, it was also the same. Well, uh, ten years earlier, we also had Barry McKenzie, who was a creation of um, of Barry Humphreys. Yeah, uh, who was you know the quintessential you know yobbo uh, fish out of water story and that sort of thing. And he was drinking Fosters out of the you know like a um, you know the old oil cans tins. You know just. Like that, the Fosters that we found in um, uh, that little grocery in San Diego, Matt, before we left. <laughs> Is that the one you bought for Sam? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Sam in the tip. office did not appreciate that. I think I robbed it in the end. It's a taste of home. <laughs> <laughs> My home. Because you, you, you can use it as a, as a kitchen tidy, you know, one of those. <laughs> it was bloody massive as well. Yeah, um, but but that was you know the ultimate success of, of Foster's. Then was you know John Elliott's um, quest was to fosterize the world. I think was the was the the terminology they came up with there. And in doing so, he took almost took down the company um, in, in a lot of ways. His, his approach because they they licensed the brand um, in in the UK, but without an end date to it. And also, I don't think they retained the right of brand management so you know that was the thing so they could portray it any way that they wanted to which Mm -hmm. damaged the brand and so in the early 2000s they finally um, because well they they needed the money in the 1990s because they were so badly damaged by Elliot the deal that was struck wasn't very good. I think the recession we had to have probably contributed a little bit 
Oh, I'm sure it did, but people still drank beer and, you know, like Cooper's, um, you know, did very well through home brewing and so people still drank beer. But then in the early 2000s, um, as the industry, you know, as Foster's actually started looking more at wine um, and beer was a bit of an, an offshoot, they sold the brand. So we don't even own the brand in, in Australia. The Australia, Australia doesn't even own the Foster's brand in Europe. It's just a... Yeah, I think it's Heineken that owns I think it's Heineken now. Yeah, Heineken Because they picked London. up Scottish and Newcastle. Yes. And now yes, before we, it. quickly, before we move on to the next story, Claire, for those playing along at home, I'm sure our listeners, because <laughs> they're very keen trivia buffs, um, if Foster's is the second uh, highest volume beer in the UK, what is the top? It's Carlsberg, is it not? Oh, there you go. So I, I would have said Stella. Because uh, you no, always no, no. Oh, no. Carlsberg. Yeah, think Carlsberg of that as the lost leader at Tesco's on the you know the two pellets <laughs> sitting at the front, yeah, 80, 80 pence for you know a six pack kind of thing of <laughs> one litre cans. Oh god! But so there you go. So Carlsberg. Yeah, Carlsberg. I believe. All right, there we go. Uh, speaking of beer, radio and TV uh, complaints dismissed by ABAC. Ah. A, com- a complaint against a humorous radio advertisement from the aforementioned <laughs> Capital Brewing Company has come in front of the ABAC panel. The voiceover advert jokingly mentioned, quote, the science people at Questacon invented flying cars and the Defence Force cadets training hard for the war against New Zealand, which finished by saying that all workers in the capital deserve a cold beer at the end of the day. The anonymous complainant said that the alcohol ad refers to children. Yeah, Defence Force cadets, uh, which they said was inappropriate. Uh, it also states these children are in a war with New Zealand, which is a breach of the UN and Geneva Conventions. We're allowed to go to war with that? New Zealand. I'm just gobsmacked. Like that, that's the thing. They, they've given up even looking at the code. Mm-hmm. They are just whoever these complain, well-informed complainants are. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know how well-informed this one was. No, but I'm not sure. They about just that. don't like alcohol. They no. just do not. You know, they. they if you want to see the neo neo prohibition agenda. Mm-hmm. This is, these are both great examples of it, just ridiculous complaints that had nothing to do with advertising. It was just all about, we don't like alcohol. Yeah, because I think the other one was a Victoria Bitter advert, and they said it that alcohol's a, like, basically a social crime, and it was disgusting. Yeah. And I was like, so what has that got to do with ABAC? It's a, it's a class A <laughs> carcinogen. Yeah, they said it was a carcinogen. Being alive is a carcinogen, mate. And yeah. it just drives, it drives me mad. When they don't even... I don't, to be fair, on those ones, I wasn't sure if they were of like from the official anti-alcohol lobby on account of how sort of, you know, carony they were. They were very much up in arms rather than... I don't necessarily know that they had an agenda like the anti-alcohol lobby. They were just nuts. Um, so I wonder how much, and I would love to see who actually writes in, because ABAC does know that. They just don't name they just don't who know they them. are, um, which is really frustrating from like a journalistic standpoint. You want to know who, and therefore you can determine how to write about that. So we just play it so straight. But their we? motivations are relevant. Like, that's the thing. You know, on, on one level, the code is the code and should be enforced anyway. Mm-hmm. But the motivation of the complainant um, says a lot because the uh, a lot that underpins the ABAC code is, you know, reasonableness and the reasonable person test and things like that. And when the complainant isn't reasonable and is driven by a prohibition agenda, then the complaints that they're making aren't reflective of community standards and community expectations and community norms. They need to include a new flog clause. <laughs> and, and and they have a great big stamp, you know, one of those big mechanical stamps that just says, 
and they just stamp it, you know, um, uh, dismissed. I, I wonder if they've got one of those um, plugins to to their yeah, email that reads it, reads it, you know, while you're busy working, it reads the um, text of the complaint out to you, and it's done in permission voice. from the defence force has been granted for association with this company. This is defamation imagine, and misappropriation of defence's brand. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm pretty yeah sure so, so that, that was that, that final quote there was that was a real one. So that was permission yeah, yeah. from the defence force has not been granted for association with this company. This is defamation. And how mis- do they know? Was what well, I want to know. How, they, do, I, why do, how do you know that? Well, also, uh, was that deliberately written to suggest that, um, that Rick from the Young Ones? It was not me. It was the other three, and they're, they're trying to say I'm not from Fair. I'm sure I'm there's really a whole lot of our listeners that have no idea knows. who the Young Ones are. No, I didn't know. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> there's, a bingo, there's not a bingo. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I, I think uh, let's consider that one dismissed. This is what you're up against, yes, uh, though, both Brewers. Dismissed. Yeah, no, no, both th- dismissed. That's... But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like the ca- And the, to be fair, on the Capital radio advertisement, Capital said, oh, God, we didn't even realise that cadets were supposedly younger and actually they're not always you can have officer cadets which are generally adults um and so they said oh we're really sorry we'll take it down they took it down and all that kind of stuff and actually they were a little bit um i guess over hasty in that because ABAC were like yeah no that's fine (laughs) you know you can get away with it but that's what they said and they really they commended capital for taking it down saying look you're obviously committed to the code you don't want to do anything wrong and to be overly cautious they did take it down um, but this is well an industry done. that is irresponsible and destructive <laughs> you tell them that oh, no, that not at all fun yeah, and it. this episode of radio of brews news week is proudly brought to you by capital brewing <laughs> our next story capital brewing they're three from three we've done three stories and they're in I all know. of them sorry do you know I didn't even clock that till then? Jeez, invoice in the mail. Um, <laughs> Capital Brewing Co. opened, I don't know if you've heard of them, um, opened its uh, airport taproom at Canberra Airport in November as borders reopen and restrictions ease around the country. The airport taproom was initially due to open in September. Uh, however, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard about it. It was in all the papers. Travellers <laughs> can expect the authentic Capital Brewing Company experience with popular brews including Coast Ale, Trail Ale and XPA on tap. So, again, that's, that's, a, that's a great get. Because yeah, we've seen um, we've seen Green Beacon on tap at Brisbane, Matt, even before they were purchased. Yep, by Asahi and Blue Sky did have beers, and uh, Hemingways, of course, have a uh, up at Cairns Airport now. So um, this is a good one for um, for Canberra. And uh, funnily enough, th- th- this was part of the conversation I was having this morning, um, you know, about the. Uh, treasury um, and, and the partnership. You know, you, you look at these places that are, you know, airports are iconic. Dest- you know, travellers who are coming to a state pass through them, and you can very rarely get, you know, up, up until recently, get a locally produced beer. Mm-hmm. So you know, who wants to? Airports are generic enough. Yeah, they're without so homogenous. Only just getting Heineken, and, for example. Yeah, imagine because you, when you when I go to like back home or whatever you go through however many airports and they all look exactly the same they could be exactly the same airport whereas having that local that sprinkle of local on them just adds something to them and that's the yeah. first impression yeah. that lots of travelers have and the last impression when they leave so why not have a local brand like that that's really strong and you don't have to have them all you, know, like no, no. you, you need beers at all get a few uh, yeah, last time matt and i had a beer in an airport was uh, at the, the stone tap room at um san diego 
airport. Was it, Pete? Never. It was. You no, 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 no. Didn't we go? We were in um, Cairns at the start of the year. Yeah, we didn't have one at the airport, though. I'm sure we did. No. <laughs> was it nine in the morning? Now, uh, another new, in a new segment we like to call appointments, <laughs> um, Asahi Australia chairman steps down. And I, geez, I, hope, I hope his nickname is The Edge. Peter Margin <laughs> has retired as chairman of Asahi Holdings Australia following the successful completion of the $16 billion acquisition of CUB by Asahi. Is that, you retire as chairman because he's, yeah, my work here is done? Or it seemed a bit like not that. Not letting you go until. until <laughs> well, even though know, Asahi is the bigger company in Australia, it was kind of like a reverse takeover. In other appointments, the Brewers Association announces their new CEO. Uh, the Brewers Association of Australia has appointed John Preston as its new Chief Executive Officer following the departure of former CEO Brett Heffernan earlier this year. Now, that's a pretty fair... Is this uh, like a uh, home brewer made good? John Preston, is it? Is no, it not- no, 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 um, I didn't even get an interview um, for, for, for this one because I thought I'd make Mate, it they probably heard you on the radio. <laughs> it's got, this guy's way too busy. <laughs> you won't have the time. What's the lab? What, between talking up the CUB, the VB volleys and the, <laughs> and the Fosters? Well, you know, what, what, paid. well, I was also on radio this week talking about the um, you know, TAP contract thing that was picked up by the ABC up here as well. So the, the Lion Stone and Wood story that we did last Well, did we do it last week? I don't know. Yes, we yeah, did. That was yeah, we week. did. Yeah, I just, I just wasn't sure whether we'd done it because it um, <laughs> just didn't get much of a follow-up. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I well, wonder why. I think people are dwelling on it. I think they're thinking about well, it. Well, I don't know. But, well, I mean, we reached out to the IBA for comment. Um, they didn't want to make a comment. They didn't want to make a um, comment. You, you, but didn't they in their annual report this year In their year AGM, that the TAP contracts, tap contracts were focus, yeah. was one well, of their focuses. Which yeah. is really interesting. So, you know, may, maybe they've got reasons for not commenting, but I thought, you know... you know, It was surprising. It I was, was a surprised su- at that, mm. yeah. And which is really interesting. You know, you'd think you know what else is a surprise? What? what? Demand from behemoth investors <laughs> crashes sight. Uh, behemoth Brewing <laughs> is celebrating a bittersweet capital raise that netted them their uh, $1.8 million, but left some investors upset that they were unable to invest because of technical glitches. Uh, so this is the second capital raise. Uh, it was initially open only to existing shareholders, and that netted 1.3 of the uh, the 1.8. Uh, the remaining $500,000 worth of shares went public on Monday at 1pm, but unprecedented demand caused the Snowball Effect website to crash. Uh, Andrew Childs, the owner of Behemoth, said the capital raise through Snowball Effect felt awesome, but he was disappointed that some people who wanted to invest couldn't do so. Good problem to have, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Some people like, were very annoyed, apparently, though. Yeah. So, like, re- like, like sending is, angry is, emails and stuff. What's what's Behemoth got that, say, for in, Endeavour didn't have? Or others who have tried these capital raises and, and it's just sort of... Is this a more a parochial New Zealand thing or um, have they done so well that the previous investors wanted to increase their... It's a little bit like Black Ops. You know, um, Black Ops has had early, in Australia, you know, has had early investors that have, when they've, they've been the first people to reopen their wallets um, when they've wanted, uh, you know, additional capital. Um, But, you know, as Michael told us last week, we said in the story that Renaissance, for example, went broke after, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was Renaissance. Um, It was Renaissance, yeah. Yeah. Ah. So, you know, 
with equity crowdfunding, it's one of those really vexed things that you know it can work really, really well for the right business, um, and that business tends to be one that has really good customer engagement. You know. Um, has a brand that is out there and engaging and has a lot of buy-in from its consumers as opposed to just a product that people buy and drink. Um, and Black Ops is one of those really vibrant, um, engaging brands and um, they seem to have that. And I don't, you know, I was always a little bit surprised when Endeavour did because they never really had that outreach brand. You know, it was it was a... Even though they had their Sydney well, how important room. do you think it is, Matt? That I mean, look, I guess the, the the answer to me is self-evident. But to be able to actually walk into a brewery that makes that beer is a is a big difference. To I can go into BWS and find their beer, but they don't have a tap room. They don't have a, a brewery of their own. Yeah, I, I, again, I think that's that's got to be part of it, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think it is. And you know, Andrew's a like a, a character and a personality, and you know. They, they're much loved, um, so it seems, in, in New Zealand. So, and, and the beer is very good. Yeah, look, Andrew and Hannah, absolutely lovely people. And, of course, uh, keen listeners will know that you can't buy behemoth beer over here. They sell it over here under the name Chur. Um, now, I don't know whether Andrew gets a whole heap of different uh, cans printed and then shipped over. Um, it might be worth giving him a phone number to call Matt. And that number would be one three hundred eight five two two three five. That's the number for Relling's label stickers and packaging. So they're not able not just to supply labels for cans or bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons. Uh, they can print chur on it. They can print chur on can trays, on tap decals, barcodes, well, not that you wouldn't have it on a barcode, uh, and shrink sleeves um, uh, already applied to empty beer cans ready for filling. So that'd be a lot cheaper than shipping them all over from um, across the Dutch, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the guys often get asked Seamless. where, you know, and, and Andrew is probably asking the same thing, but, you know, where am I going to get a, a shrink-sleeving machine? I don't even have a, a brewery over in Australia. Well, the cans come to your door, or ours in this case, palletized and ready to fill. Andrew, there's nothing more to do. So call Relling's label stickers and packaging on 1300 852 235 to discuss further. And good luck to them. So 1.8 mil. 1.8 mil, and they're going to expand. They're opening a number of... Tap rooms, like the big expansion plans. That's it for the news. Have you got? Have you guys got anything uh, additional? Or Pete, have you seen? Have you listened to Matt's Bolter podcast? I'm. I'm uh, it's queued up, and it's. Um, mm. I've listened to the intro. You know, people are going to have their own views. They they seem to have scathed, you know, survived unscathed by and large. And I think it's really down to the personalities of those two. Um, you know, that they're a really good team, and you hear uh, Scott talk about beer and he just does it with such great passion <laughs> actually funnily enough the, the the interview one of the interviews i recorded about fosters this week um rather <laughs> than do it in in the office i just went down the road there's a pub down on the corner that's a cb branded pub and i was just sort of talking to the the, the manager um as we were sort of setting up and uh you know sort of talking about you know, don't have fosters here anymore but you know and sort of looking at the line they had bolter that was there and he goes oh you know those guys are great they're just great guys um you know scotty the the, the, the brewery was telling me that you know he, he went to a, a a brewery and and it was the same story that resonates with me um so it's obviously you know in part of, part of scotty's um you know armor <laughs> you know, part of his um kit but it's such a great story and uh so you've got this public and Accounting. Oh, you know, he just sort of said, I, "I went to this brewing demonstration, and it was as if God spoke to me." 
Um, <laughs> you know, and I sort of thought, well, that's a slightly different take, but you know, that's it's embellished ever so slightly. Yeah, but it's but but that's the passion um, that it, that he brings it. to it. And uh, well, Hoax did describe Fosters as like angels crying on your tongue, which uh, oddly enough it was how I described yeah. the Pilsner. Um, and yeah, look, it was just a really nice chat, and you know, I. I independence, whatever you think about those sorts of things. Um, you know, you can't take anything away from what those guys have achieved and the, the passion that they bring to what they do. It really highlights, Matt, that, that there's a really nice synergy between you've, you've got to have good beer, yep. but you've also got to brand it and package it properly. Uh, and yes. I think, <laughs> you know, it does what it says on the tin is a, a well-worn phrase. But for Bolter, I think it's true. It's, it's not... Um, pretending to be something it's not it's it's being you know almost humble um and 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 that that's great packaging and that that will attract eyeballs but if you get that beer home to go oh it kind of tastes like all the others or i'm not a big fan of it or this it's not like it used to be then it kind of you know uh, the, the marketing will only take your beer so far. You may or may not hear me say on uh, a current <laughs> affair tonight that <laughs> stop plugging your current affairs <laughs> but <laughs> well I'm, I'm actually Dreading it. Um, is it pre-recorded or? Well, well, you don't know. Like the, the only people that appear yeah, on right. Current Affair are being chased down the street, hiding their faces. <laughs> we were laughing so. about that, weren't you? Get a coat. So. Make sure you put it over your head. Run but away. I, and, I, and I don't know what they're going to use, but I, I'm pretty sure at one stage uh, I, I sort of said, "Ah, oh, you know, like you can never completely take marketing away from uh, from from beer, and you know, we, we drink with our hearts as much as with our tongues. Um, oh, so, which, stunning. which is one of those things, like you do." Like. Yeah, I thought so as well. This is why they asked me back. (laughs) If only I could be that concise on my own podcast. (laughs) Then let us dive elbow deep into the mailbag. Uh, Don't forget you can review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for the um, letter of the week. Uh, All our letter writers, all our commenters, um, whether it's on the, um, the Facebook page for Australian Brews News or the secret Facebook page, the closed group page for um. Radio Brews News, uh, or send us an email or whatever it might be. Uh, all letter writers will receive a Deb Blue Bakes cookie and go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week. Uh, Claire, Hello. Josh Bordel in the Facebook uh, group responded regarding Fosters. Um, just before I mention this one, I did have a quick look and I was fact-checking, just fact-checking myself. Um, it's not Carlsberg that's number one lager in the UK, it's Carling. So Carling, I'm even more okay. embarrassed. Oh, Apologies, label. everyone. Um, anyway, Josh Boyle in the Facebook group, Ari Fosters, uh, he says, I'm glad at least I was correct all those times telling people here in the EU that it isn't an Australian beer as it's brewed in Manchester. Correct. Uh, I was never sure where it was brewed until now reading the article. But I mean, come on, 300% increase is a little out of touch. They are just going to price gouge themselves, really, between the other brands. Well, it's not. I mean, 300%. At the moment, they're making five hundred thousand yeah. liters, you know, which is less than um, yeah, baby. Yeah, like it, it, lots of medium-sized brewers do more than that. Cooper's anyway. makes eighty million liters, so Cooper's <laughs> so that's a, nothing. A, to, yeah, to pinch a line from uh, Jim Cook, um, most the big brewers' um, bottling lines would would waste would spill that much beer. Yep, absolutely. And we said this, didn't we? The with all these investments in all these brands, they just throw in spaghetti. We didn't say spaghetti, though. <laughs> Seeing what sticks, effectively. <laughs> um, and, yeah, this this is why they're upping it, to see if it works. Just and a little bit. And it's also a bit of a budget play as well, mm. because it's, uh, you know, like it's a 30-pack can. Uh, 30, how do we get back to Foster's? We've talked about this. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, 30-pack, 30, uh, 30 30 uh, 30 can pack and 
classic is big bigger than the Foster's label. Mm-hmm. So they're they're really playing for their you know classic budget. And that's just the new name that they came up with. It's not any different beer for Oh, all. it won't be the same beer as was Foster. I mean, no. Well, not. Although originally, and this is the thing, sending the yeast, the original yeast strain over, and we were sort of really getting into the the water technology side of things. In in like the big brewers were able to okay, we we can mimic Melbourne water, so we could we could brew this in Manchester as if it was brewed. Would you in, want to? In Abbotsford. Mm, don't. <laughs> Have you seen the Yarra? <laughs> it didn't come out of the Yarra. <laughs> it comes out of the Dandenongs. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I remember that that being part of the uh, part of the thing. And the other thing that Foster's used to do really well too was um, get that uh, special occasion purchase because they would always do you know every year or so, every few years they'd do um, Melbourne Cup celebration because that, that it was the Foster's Melbourne Cup for for many years. Mm. And I remember because I collected them um, cans with and each can had three different um, you know finish post. Uh, photos on it. So you had like 2005, 2006, 2007. The next can would be 2008, 2009, 2010 or whatever it might have been. So, um, And I, I'm pretty sure they would have done stuff for, you know, Sydney Olympics or, um, you know, other special occasions, AFL stuff and all that sort of thing. So they, that used to be their thing. Fosters okay. used to do those, you know, those special occasion um, limited release things. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, Tom Easto uh, in the Facebook group also regarding last week's episode, Claire. Listening to the new episode, Tom says, uh, on the subject of teenagers recognising beer as beer, does this not favour older slash more established reading, read big macro brands in the sense that I'm sure most teenagers would recognise Forex, Great Northern, VB and Tui's, for example, as beer, despite being bereft of the word beer stamped in bold on the label? Because yeah, this is we were talking about. Yeah. You know, do kids know that IPA is beer, or do they know that? Yeah, you know, Sours, kettle sour is beer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess because like your forex etc. is plastered all over stadiums, sports teams, blah blah blah. If you watch it with your dad, or you know, just go there for a sporting event or whatever, they will recognise that as a beer brand because that's what their dad drinks or whatever the case may be. Um, so probably, yeah, I'd say it does. I, I, that's never I, the question. I guess the only thing is that there, there is that classic look to uh, the mainstream beers. True, yes. you know, Whereas craft beer, the design and the language of design on craft beer is much more easily confused with... Um, you know, soft drink or or those sorts of things, which is where it's so it's it's as, as I understand it, ABAC doesn't look at any one element in isolation. Mm-hmm. It's the complete thing. And if you've got the classic, you know, Rondel, um, you know, logo, you know, the the, the classic beer bottle design, then that is the architecture of beer. Um, but yeah. yeah, again, like Tom does make a very good point, mm-hmm. um, but I, I would imagine that that's what they're looking at. You know, I wonder then if Forex or what have you got a craft beer design. Would what would a back think of that? Not that that would ever happen. This is purely hypothetical. I don't um, know. I'd be interested to see whether the popularity and um, cult- general cultural recognition of the Forex brand or whatever the brand but look is at Tinnies, for example. You know, like the the Coles brand. Yeah. You know, which. I mean, tinnies could easily be um, a, a soft drink, you know, or an energy drink, or something along those lines. So, it, look, it, it, it's a really hard one, and that's where ABAC is 
really complicated. You know, they're really doing their best um, and they're trying to put some integrity around the, the, the thinking, but it's never going to be a perfect system. You know, there's always going to be, you know, anomalies that, that you can point to. Yeah. yeah. And as we've said before, it's that or... Plain packaging. Plain packaging. That's it. Now, I do have, we do have a late mail Ooh. and uh, you'll see how late in just a moment. But this is, this is now this, for a couple of reasons, I want to read this out. So this is I'm going through some stuff and this, this, this turned up. It's uh, now for reader, uh, Richard Frommage. I don't know if he's a regular listener or a reader or whatever, but this is just something small and late for Christmas to say thanks for being a part of Australian Brews News. With your involvement, traffic is climbing and evolving into something very worthwhile. But more than anything, I enjoy reading what you write. Here's to a great 2011. Best regards, Matt Kay. What? What? Where's that from? Why was that resurfacing? Yeah. <laughs> it's hand, it's, it's, so, you know, we talk about cards and letters. This is an actual oh, yeah. letter. Oh, from Matt to you. Is that yeah. the last letter you ever sent to Pete? If so, Well, I, I just thought it was some funny thing. A, that it was, you know, beautifully handwritten. Um, so this, this no one's ever described my handwriting as beautiful. January, <laughs> Matt, you don't get another <clears throat> Deblu cookie, though, because you much I do, I do like the best regards and Matt K, as if, you know, just different to all the other, other Matts that you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know whether that was because best you had regards. trouble spelling Kierkegaard back then or... Best regards is very best, formal Best regards, well. isn't it? Very well, formal. That, I, I just thought that was a lovely... Um, These days I'd sign it with love, Pete. <laughs> that's right. XOXO. And it'll, be, and, it'll be a, and it'll be a text that we finish with KK or <laughs> CU or, you know, eight. Uh, or. I might send you a letter. I thought that was just, it, just, it, it, it was just a snapshot of of, um, uh, of how our relationship has grown, Matt, and how, um, you know, you're talking about. We're much meaner to each other now. Yeah, that's right. But, you know. Um, well, there was... well it, it also highlights that you used to let me write. Um, <laughs> what did you want and to write, you, Pete? Did you enjoy them? I, I still enjoy your writing, Pete. Yeah, you know. well, nice of it. There you go. You've just given yourself another job. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I really enjoy writing, reading what you write. Here's to a great 2011. So this was, yeah, so you're talking about how, you know, the uh, Bruce News would have been a year old at that point. Oh, wow. So this 2011. 15th um, of January, 2011. So paint me a picture of what Bruce News looked like then. Oh, it was pretty average. What do you mean, pretty average? <laughs> These days, it's just average. We've graduated to average. Um, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I, I did all of the coding myself. Like that was the, like mm. I just got a template, and I think I did the logo, which was amazing. Um, just like every other beer logo, rudimentary to say it the was, least. Yeah, rudimentary. <laughs> um, and oh, blast from the past. Yeah, but it was because yeah, and and Pete because Pete and I were blogging in the early two thousands. You know, back when we I started were, mine in two thousand six. There you go. So mid two thousands, okay. Um, and we would just write on each other's, you know, comments on each other. He'd write something. Oh, that's really interesting. And so <laughs> then uh, we, we would we met. But the, the idea behind Bruce News was originally, you know, um, I, I think as we talked, um, you know, it's to say, look, you know, if I do three posts in a week, I get more traffic than if I only do one because you know overall. And you know that was the the comment. So. We're not getting paid for any of this. So rather than writing these things and putting them on our individual blogs, why don't we create like a combined site that we, and, you know, James Davidson was another guy who I approached and, you know, other bloggers that we sort of all write on the same site because that way we get the benefit of that increased mm-hmm. traffic of everyone coming together. And it uh, that original insight, as all 
things happen, you know, sort of evolved. Um, and, yeah, and so it was, it was Australian Brewers News. And so from the very early days, rather than rewrite media releases the way that, um, you know, some websites still do, it was just post the, the media release and be honest that this is a media release, mm-hmm. but recording. And, and yeah. it's, it's such a great, going back to what I said at the start of the program. So useful. Just being able to go back and you can trace the, or, you know, the, the history of craft mm-hmm. beer. Um, and the wording and how they said something and how they placed something at that particular year mm. and compare it to how they do it now, which is really interesting. Um, and just in my job, you go through all the old stuff quite regularly and link to it and all that kind of stuff. and the right how everyone wrote back in the day is quite interesting and then the stuff that you point out is so like yes that's perfect that's what i need to call them out for this particular one this is what they <laughs> it's said. very useful thank you you've got to remember too that outside of the the breweries themselves and remember if you go back to 2006 there might have been 120 breweries not the 700 odd that we we have now but the the other key thing was that you could if you wanted to get try those beers you really had to go either to the brewery go go to the source mm-hmm. or to you know the couple of pubs that that had that might have had a tap of that local brewery you, you didn't walk into uncle dan's you didn't walk into bws wow. you didn't walk into first choice or anything like that because there that wasn't was just beer cartel um you know, like you, there weren't even delivery places to 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 get them it was much harder yeah. um i can't even imagine that now Mm. And, and you couldn't get Red Hill brewer, uh, beer, you know, outside of um, the Mornington Peninsula, uh, except maybe, you know, Slow Beer and, and Purvis Cellars. Um, there, you know, that's what I'm saying, you know, there, there would have been one or two um, dedicated specialist beer places, um, liquor stores that, that, would have, that would have sold them. You certainly didn't get it in New South Wales or Queensland. You know, you might have heard about it. And likewise, we, we, we would have heard about Bolter um, if Bolter, you know, had started back then, but we would never have been able to get those beers unless you, you you flew to Queensland. Wow, that's crazy. So it's a, it's a very a vastly different landscape. Thank and you, it's Chris. all made possible by people like our very good sponsors, Cryo Malt, Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, and uh, our very good friends at Beer Cartel. Hope everyone's enjoying their uh, advent calendars. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it is funny. Should that, should that come with a trigger warning? You, you, Probably, you, yeah. you didn't give any spoilers then, did you, Pete? <laughs> No, but apparently some people do, or some, I don't know. It is like there's Every this whole subculture year. on, Just yeah, like on all of the. There are rules around what you can do with your beer advent calendar. Um, no, right. you know what? what the rules are. What are you I'm, I'm paying my hard earn. I'm drinking the beer, and if I want to post a picture of it, I'll do it. <laughs> Fair I enough. Because I don't yeah. do can advent, uh, advent calendars, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Ooh. You don't yeah. want to know. They're a lot of fun, media. but <laughs> it, it, it's creating engagement in a uh, industry that we love, Pete. It is. That's the main thing. 100%. Hey, uh, this has been a good one. <laughs> you seem surprised. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Well, we bring this it's, magic it's, every week. Dare I say, it's been a capital episode. Oh. <laughs> is that the title of it? Capital. <laughs> you know, with a, I said that with a monocle in, in my eye and a, a, a top hat. <laughs> Terribly capital. So, uh. <laughs> doffed jauntily on the side of my head. Capital. Um, Matt, thanks very much. Pleasure, Pete. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Oh, cheers, Pete. What's on for you guys uh, this this week? Uh, funnily enough, I'm about to jump in the car and drive <laughs> up to the Sunshine Coast to do uh, of all of of Oof. all things a rum and chocolate tasting. Oh, it's a hard life, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Where there you go? Whereabouts on the sunny coast? Uh, Malulba. Oh, nice. Lovely. So, yeah, no, it's just a corporate client I do beer tastings for, and they wanted to do something different. And I said, "How much do you know about rum?" Not a lot. <laughs> 
but just remember, just 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 serve Bundy and just say right. The only thing you need to know, no, 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 two, two's no, too many and forty's not enough. No, there's no Bundys. <laughs> but as I said to them, look, don't know a lot about rum, but let's face it. All I need to know is more than you do. <laughs> so said, and sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And just whatever you say, just say it, you know, uh, confidently. Um, now, listen, one more quick thing too, just a, a quick little, um, you know, uh, Facebook marketplace. Um, in the cleaning out of the shed and all that sort of thing, I've got a very, very special offer for um, for one of our listeners. And I'll put it up in the, in the Facebook group as well to give them a, a little bit of a, a head start. But so if you're listening to this tomorrow morning, so Friday, um, it will have already been up in the Facebook uh, group, if it's okay with you, Matt, is... Um, the original uh, homebrew kit. So I've got uh, a, a Cooper style kit with two 23 litre fermenters, all the gear, um, heaps of uh, really good bottles and that sort of thing, um, mash paddle, all the gear, basically a whole a whole heap of stuff. Um, and I just want it to go to a, a good home. I, I, I'm convinced myself and uh, I spoke to Dr. Lager and got his his permission because this is, this is what really started uh, Beer Blokes was, um, was homebrewing in the shed. And... Um, I now need more room in the shed than I've, I've got in the homebrew gear. Is it's not that it's taking up space, but I just I, I just don't like see it to see it not being used. So if anyone would like, um, it's it's in the uh, outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne, um, but we can we can we can work something out, I'm sure. But if anyone's interested, let me know. Thanks very much, uh, and thank you very much to all of our listeners. So until next week, I've been your host Pete Mitchum. This has been Good uh, Brews News Week, episode two hundred ninety eight. Getting close. We're getting close. Looking forward to Christmas. I see the already some of our listeners are, are organising some. Um, oh yeah, that's great. so cool. On the thirteenth, if you're in Brisbane, uh, Easy Times is the venue um, on a Sunday, thirteenth Sunday the thirteenth. There's going to be uh, a, a meetup. I, I think our first ever meetup. Um, <laughs> now, is that the one that Ryan Massingham has organised in the through the the yes. Facebook page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be going down. Excellent. Won't be working. I'll just be so, uh, having a beer. That's on the 13th. Yeah. Yes. Is that right? Yep. Yes. No worries. Too good. Anyway, uh, until uh, the next episode of Brews News Week, this is Pete Mitchum saying, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.